Dear friends in Christ, welcome to this podcast from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. All Saints is a loving, welcoming parish serving Southeast Portland for over a century. Our purpose is to celebrate God's love, seek and serve Christ in all persons, and go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Today, we invite you to join the Reverend Andrea Skornick as she preaches the gospel and explores the mysteries of God in our modern world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mother of us all, Amen. Now, if any of our kids are going to Kids Connect, they can follow Miss Janet out to the entrance to the There's a phrase that we no longer use, and for very good reason. But the story behind that phrase is revealing. Lewis Hyde talks about it in his book, The Gift, about how when the Puritans first arrived in Massachusetts, they discovered something different about how the indigenous people regarded their property. So much so that they decided to give it a name. In one history of the colony, the author explained that an Indian gift was an expression for a gift for which an equal return was expected. The derogatory term Indian giver became used for someone who gave a gift and wanted it back. With context, though, we can see how this displays a woeful ignorance of what was actually going on, which would have been more like what Hyde described. Imagine a scene, he said. An Englishman comes to a native lodge, and his hosts, wishing to make the guests feel welcome, ask him to share a pipe of tobacco, carved from beautiful red stone. The pipe itself is a peace offering that has traditionally circulated among the local tribes, staying in each lodge for a time but always given away sooner or later. And so the indigenous man, as is only polite among his people, gives the gift, the, uh, the pipe, to the guest when he leaves. The Englishman is tickled pink by this. What a nice thing to send back to the British Museum. <laughs> so he takes it, and he sets it on his mantle. As time passes, the leaders of the neighboring tribe come to visit the colonist's home. To his surprise, he finds that his guests have some expectation regarding his pipe. His translator finally explains that if he wishes to show his goodwill, he should offer them a smoke and then give them the pipe. In consternation, the Englishman invented a phrase to describe the people with such a limited sense of private property. The opposite of Indian giver would be something like white man keeper. <laughs> or maybe capitalist. <laughs> that is, a person whose instinct is to remove property from circulation, to put it in a warehouse or a museum, or more to the point in capitalism, to lay it aside to be used for production. The native understanding 
understanding that's demonstrated in the story and the concept of gift that I talked about is that a gift is meant to be given away, not kept. Or if it is kept, that something of similar value should be moved on in its stead. It's even better, he says, if the giving is extended beyond two parties, like in paying it forward where the gift moves on to someone else. Or as in the story of the tribes where the pipe is not passed back to the original giver at first. It goes on to another tribe, and then another, all while staying in circulation and serving as a source of goodwill and peace among the groups. Hyde notes that there is no score that is kept in giving gifts, and it is best when it extends dynamically, flowing to multiple parties. And he says the only essential is that the gift must always move. There are other forms of property that stand still, that mark a boundary or resist momentum, but the gift keeps going. Much like the Englishman in the story, we live in a society that tends to see things through the lenses of capital and commodity. Our value of people and things is often connected to monetary worth. As anthropologist Marshall Salins wrote, the market industrial society institutes scarcity. He contrasts it with hunter-gatherer societies, which by our standards look poor. But he said, actually, they have affluent economies in that their resources move to all of its members. Where product and distribution are arranged through the behavior of prices, and all likelihood depends on getting and sending, he says, insufficiency of means becomes the explicit, palpable starting point of all economic activity. A society governed by scarcity. It would explain how people can have so much and still be so unhappy. How we can live in a culture with so many resources and still have such high rates of poverty. Or how the related fear that we won't have enough leads us to over-acquire and accumulate and then have a hard time parting with what we have. Jesus encounters a very rich man who has this challenge. He can't pursue the life he wants and that would make him happy because he can't part with his things. What he has has become a burden, something that is weighing him down and holding him back. It's also part of what Jesus talked about in today's gospel when he says, Come, you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will refresh you. We weren't meant to take on so much and carry such a heavy load. We were made to live in the likeness of God's abundance. God created this beautiful world for us to be stewards of, not to control and to possess, but to love and to serve. Our spiritual ancestors had a better sense of this. Their lives were oriented toward the giver, and they saw themselves as stewards of the gift. The way they looked at it, God gave all life, 
from fertility to the plants that were used for food and shelter. At the harvest, people would gather the first fruits of their harvest and then take them to the priests, who would then make an offering to God. The products of their labor were not merely for their use and consumption, but from the gift they were able to participate in the great mystery. And that is what it's all about. It is not really about us and what we give. It is all about living oriented towards a God who has given us so much and letting ourselves experience the magnitude of it daily and then getting caught up in it as we give gifts ourselves. In doing this, we experience gratitude, awe, appreciation, the life that comes from living in alignment with who we are as made in God's image. It's what we see so clearly in St. Francis. He is someone who loves to give. There's a story that when he was a young man who was at the market selling things for his father, and a beggar came up to him and he immediately sent the man away. But then he felt so bad about it, he ran after the man and gave him everything that he had on him, which made his father really mad. But Francis kept on giving to people in need. Eventually, the family would take him to court over it. So there, in the courtroom, he stripped down and renounced his family's wealth and everything they had that had been his. And he took on a life of poverty so that he could be free to give and to serve. Oriented towards the giver and a channel of God's abundance. God has given us so much. How might we experience these changes even more when we look at them as gifts? Gifts given to us, gifts for us to give. We can do this with our money and our resources. Even if we don't have a lot and just give a small portion of it, there is something very powerful about not using all that we have for our own benefit or the benefit of those in our circle. Our homes can be used as a gift as places of hospitality that we give to others. Our cars can allow us to give rides. Our gardens and our groceries to share meals. Our time can be an offering. Time is the most precious thing we have to give each other. Our possessions. Giving them to places like the mustard seed thrift store that not only allows people to come and buy affordable things, and is a way to recycle, but then helps fund the outreach ministries. It's not just getting rid of our stuff, that's also keeping the gifts in motion. It is fun to receive, but there is something divine in being able to get. Not only I would stop here, but today I want to affirm the way I see this in our parish. These are not easy times in the world, and they are not easy times for churches. And because of that, it would be reasonable to say this is the time to take care of our own and use what we have to ensure our survival. And I have seen churches do that. The time and again I see you hold up this parish gifts and its resources and offerings and use them to serve other people, and often people we don't even know. 
like when a grieving family comes in to plan a celebration of life here. Even if they aren't members, ICR leaders and volunteers go above and beyond in supporting them to help them have these beautiful services. Or the hospitality that is so often shown in worship or the meals shared in the parish hall or in the outreach ministries. And I'm not the only one who sees it. And so I want to read part of a letter that I received recently from our bishop. Um, I'll read part of it right now. To the saints of all saints Episcopal church in Woodstock, she said. I want to thank the faithful people of all saints for stepping up your outreach ministries since the beginning of the pandemic. You have expanded how you serve others by making significant sacrifices to respond to the needs of your community. Your eagerness to be Christ's hands and feet in the world bore the fruit of creative and courageous approaches to providing essential resources. In particular, thank you for starting the Woodstock Pantry and for your willingness to share space inside the church building. Your generosity and compassion is reflected in your willingness to provide storage space for the food and equipment during the pantry build process. Thank you for sharing your financial resources as well as your time and energy to operate the pantry. And for committing to transform the Woodstock Pantry into a sustainable community food source. To have accomplished any one of these efforts would be laudable, yet you have lived into the charge. From those who have much, much more will be asked. Your willingness to listen to Jesus' call to desire a different world has become a rich and multifaceted response, bringing us all closer to the kingdom of God in this time and in this place. May the Holy Spirit continue to inspire, sustain, and guide you in all you do with deep gratitude and blessings. The right Reverend Diana Akiyama, Bishop of the Episcopal Church in Western Oregon. This is what it looks like to live in response to a generous God, offering back the gifts and keeping them in motion. Keep loving, keep giving, and keep looking to the giver. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast offering from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. For more resources from All Saints, or to support this or our many other outreach ministries, please visit allsaintspdx.org.